0: Welcome to the Scandinavian Mind podcast. I'm Conrad Olson, founder and editor-in-chief of Scandinavian Mind. This podcast is a bi-weekly show about the intersection of lifestyle and technology. Every Wednesday we publish an in-depth interview with an innovator from the worlds of design, fashion, beauty, mobility or tech. And every Friday we publish a panel talk or other behind-the-scenes content from the world of Scandinavian Mind. Today we are revisiting a roundtable discussion that I hosted for the Italian trade show Pitti Uomo and its Pitti Connect platform. The talk was titled, A Business Model Upgrade, how brands and retailers are adopting to changing consumer behavior. I was joined by Bruce Pask, men's fashion director of Bird of Goodman and Neiman Marcus, Andreas Palm, co-founder and CEO of CDLP, And Adam Alexander-Bach, co-founder and CEO of MISMO. In this episode, we talk about how the pandemic has changed the way fashion brands do business. How increased online shopping has changed their offering and way of communicating. And the learnings from a year in various stages of lockdown. Don't forget to sign up to our newsletter to stay updated on the latest news and learn about upcoming talks. Visit ScandinavianMind.com slash newsletter. Here now, my conversation with Bruce Pask, Andreas Palm and Adam Alexander Bach. Enjoy! Right, welcome everybody to this uh, special conversation uh, hosted by scandinavian mind for PT connect i'm conrad olson founder and editor-in-chief of scandinavian mind and i'm here with uh, bruce pask men's fashion director bird of goodman and Eman marcus
1: all... andreas
0: palm uh, co-founder of cdlp uh, and adam alexander bach ceo and co-founder of mismo how are you guys Been good, good.
2: Good, good.
3: Happy to be
0: here. Happy to meet you. Wonderful. Um, so, we're going to talk today about the topic is a business model upgrade, how brands and retailers are adapting to a changing uh, consumer behaviors. Obviously, a pretty broad subject, uh, but the past year has uh, really uh, changed a lot of things and um, given us perspective on how we do business, how we uh, communicate and sell products and, 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 get out there with our brands. Um, So I I thought I'd start with you, Andreas. Uh, You are the co-founder of of, uh, Underwear and Leisure brand uh, CDLP. Uh, I think it was interesting to start with you because you've done something that's sort of counterintuitive. You actually launched a physical retail uh, during the past year. What's that been like for you guys?
1: i mean um yeah we opened up a, a, a larger flagship store in in november and i think when we signed i think we signed this in september and you know, if you remember september was it were kind of the pandemic was still there but it felt like it was fading and there was talk about a second wave and then uh november came and and and, and we, we pretty much opened in peak second wave so it was it was very different uh, uh of course uh but we still felt that, I mean, we had a store, we had a physical, most of our businesses online, 80-85%. Um, but we did have a physical store that, when the pandemic hit in, in March, uh, when everything shut down, I mean, everything. Um, all the wholesale orders stopped, uh, retail, a, a retail store, everything re- really came to a full stop. Um, but online kept on going. So I think the first hit that was March, April, May, when I look at those numbers, I mean, the, the, the hit was immense in the spring. Um, opening up in November was challenging, but after November comes December and it's the strongest retail month in the whole calendar year. So uh, we opened up a store. I think people were happy to see that there were still things going on in retail, uh, where most of the stores shut down or cut, you know, cut down on opening hours. I mean, Stockholm has still been an open city. We haven't done any, any lockdown. So um, we did better than ever. I mean, uh, in terms of overall revenue in December, but even the even the the, uh, the retail store did 50% more revenue than it did in 2019. So you know, it was it was it was challenging in November because we, we didn't really see what 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 uh, if if it co- would come back to the way it was in the spring. Um, but the customer was there, and you know, in December it was. I wouldn't say back to normal because I think it would probably done even better if it was not pandemic um but it was challenging but we also got a lot of appreciation for people that wanted to come out and you know experience something and and we uh tried to do it as 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 safe and secure as possible and and the customer was still there and i see i mean we've been, been open since then and it's it's been picking up february was the best month apart from december um since we started i mean when we started retail one and a half years ago so i think there's people i mean November was challenging, but I, th- I, I think people are really longing to just go out there and talk to someone in a store and feel, feel fabrics and just, mm. you know, feel that feeling again. Um, people are, I think people are really longing for that. And I think that's what also fueled um, the traffic to the store in November and December. People were kind of felt they stayed home the whole, the whole year or so. But it was challenging. I, I won't say it wasn't challenging. It, it
0: should be noted. So this was a store that opened in Stockholm, uh, central Stockholm. And, and yes. let's, let's, let's move over to, to Copenhagen and, and Denmark. Adam, from, from your perspective, you've been around as a brand a little bit longer than, than CDLP. Uh, how, how has this past year uh, uh, been for you guys? And what have you learned in terms of balancing the physical and, and, and online retail experience?
2: Well, it's... Um... It's it's been a challenging year in many ways, but it's also been um, it, it's it's been a gift, uh, I would say, uh, to have this uh, pandemic thrown in that suddenly changes everything. Uh, it uh, it pauses a lot of things. It gives you time to reflect on uh, your position in the market, um, what you have achieved, and where you want to go from here. I think there's been there's been this swift um, from. Where we were before the pandemic where we had um, there was sort of a tribal mindset um, where a lot of things was about having more faster higher there was a lot about me 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 sort of we were all in this monopoly state of mind um where we have to own and buy and build stories we have to consume to give ourselves identity and belonging um you know we believed we believed there was not enough so we hunt you know we hunted for the next new thing tangible trophies that that, uh, that showed that we were good enough and accepted by society. And, and that sort of that mode creates a few winners and a lot of losers. So I think what's been refreshing with the pandemic, if you might say so, um, is that it has offered a bridge to a new mindset. Um, we, we talk about sort of a planetarian mode uh, here where we are, um, where we, we, we instead, instead of believing there's not enough, we now realize that there is not enough. Um, and instead of hunting it for ourselves, we accept that we need to share what there is with uh, the rest of us, with everyone. Um, so, you know, this pause for reflection has uh, been extremely appreciated. Um, uh, and it has, has, has led to an appreciation of what's around us, you know, what supports our business, everything from our supply chain, our partners there, to, um, to, to, to the forward um, aspect of, of selling our our wholesale customers, our end consumers, so everything, it has tied, I would say, communication together, which has led us to be um, more comfortable with uh, who we are, the size that we are, um, the place we have in the market, yes, I said, and, and where we want to to, to go from here. Um, it's. Uh, it, it plays well into what we have always done here at MISMO, the thing about, you know, buy less, but buy better. Um, that's been, you know, at the foreground of what we do right from the beginning. Um, so in that sense, it's not like we have changed much to adapt to n- this uh, new reality. Um, I think we've just uh, focused on doing it better. Um, uh, yeah, so, I mean, it. it at the end of the day, I think we all have to agree that we cannot find salvation through endless growth and consumption. Um, so this hopefully, is, this is the occasion for us to uh, start to find new ways of uh, looking at our business and the purpose of our business. Um, I think to, to, to do better as a brand, um, it, it requires that we understand the world, uh, what the world actually needs. Um, That we think about, you know, our purpose, shake up the bag, as we say here, and and try to bring to market what we have, you know, in the right dose and in the right proportions to the right group of people, eventually. So we achieve the desired effect, you know, that we're able to move and engage people through uh, our products the way we intended to when we designed them in the first place.
0: That's, that's really interesting, uh, and I hear you, you, you're talking about perhaps a more mindful situation. I'm, I'm yeah. curious, Bruce, from, from your end there in, in uh, your home in Belport outside of New York, do you see this as well? Is there a more mindful uh, era we, we are entering now?
3: I think in so many respects. I mean, I think, you know, obviously the retail world has shifted vastly since an exact, almost exactly a year ago, Um, I think we've been on a trajectory for more thoughtful production. I think that has been certainly top of mind for a lot of uh, brands, and and I think it is mattering more and more to the customer. Um, I think we've had to think a lot about, um, I mean, your idea of being thoughtful, I think encapsulates kind of every aspect of doing business. Like we had to make sure, what does our customer need right now? What does he or she want right now? What's going to benefit them? What are they interested in? And also, you know, how do we respond to that? I mean, I think there's been so many different aspects um, and and needing to be nimble. I think that's been really, really important and, and to kind of not stay set in, you know, previous thought processes, but to recognize the limitations and find the expansiveness in them. You know, recognizing the opportunities that uh, virtual communication offers, um, how we can engage our customers. That's been a huge shift for us. And I have to say one of the the benefits is I've been able to see customers and stores in the Neiman Marcus Group, you know, across the United States, in addition to Bergdorf Goodman, um, far more regularly than if I had to be there in person and I can engage with them in a very, very repetitive and, and, uh, and, and often. So I think that's been really great. Um, I think the access we've seen to designers and their processes has been really insightful. So I think there have been opportunity in it, but I think certainly um, it has required being nimble and being thoughtful.
0: From your perspective, uh, uh, Bruce, you're also you know being being responsible for both uh, Bergdorf and Neiman and Marcus. You're working and and staying in contact with so many different types of brands. Uh, globally uh can you i'm just so curious to if you can share any like insights you have gotten from you know staying in touch with brands uh you know all over the place you know usually you do it traveling around the world now now it's been more more digital but uh, just a few insights from from just working with or both bigger and smaller brands i'm just curious
3: yeah of course i mean i think what it's really shown is we have to depend on our partners more than ever. We have to trust our partners more than ever. When we're not having that tactile in-person showroom experience, um, when we're, you know, the screen is, is informative, but it's not a substitute for being in a showroom in person, looking at garments, exchanging ideas. Um, you know, I think one of the great um, things that I miss the most is that kind of, that abstract magic that happens when you're at a show or in a showroom and the conversation leads here, you see you're inspired by something here or there. So that I think is what we have been uh, certainly missing a bit, but I think there's also been great opportunities to see how strong our relationships are with our partners. I mean, we've had to rely on them more for suggestions because we can't feel the, the garments or touch them or you know see them in person on a figure. So I think it's bred a lot more um, stronger partnerships with, with, I would say, most of our brands.
0: That's interesting. Uh, I, I'm, I'm curious, Andreas Andreas first and then, and then uh, Adam, uh, do you see this as well? There's a stronger bond between sort of your partners uh, across, across the globe or that you're working yeah. with that you have, have to trust each other more?
1: Absolutely. I think it, I mean, the whole industry has found new ways of working um when we sell to wholesale, obviously we can't i mean our biggest market used to be sweden in the first year and now sweden is 15 of our sales which means that most of our partners and our end consumers are based in other countries in sweden so from our point of view um yeah the way we sell the way we speak to our partners um wholesale partners but also the way we speak to our to our direct i mean to our consumers that purchase on our website is all has also leveled up in the way that we it's much more important now that they I mean it's always been important but we have to be even more accessible so to make sure that they have all the right information and make sure that they um they purchase the right things and back to what adam said i mean everything, i think last year made the whole the whole industry slightly more purposeful in the sense that uh you really really want to make sure that people buy the right size and don't return and that they understand the fabric and so forth so when I think most 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 brands e-commerce business increased in terms of um percentage of their total revenue last year and i think yes yes just yes, having a, a, a more of a two-way communication with the consumer has um intensified across the industry and that goes for both end consumers and wholesale from our point of view so absolutely i think the, the industry has adapted and there's more communication i think that's great more transparency
0: Adam, any,
2: any thoughts? Yeah, but I, I totally agree. I mean, the, the huge benefit of this is that we get more connected. And I think it's so valuable going forward that we um, we use this opportunity. I mean, we've always had sort of a, a very few suppliers, actually, when we look at our supply chain, we've always had a close relationship with them. We know that, you know, at the end of the day, we are not better than, you know, the product that is produced uh, at our manufacturer or the fabric that goes into our product. So, it's um it's always been sort of a close family for us uh, and and the pandemic has intensified this uh, you know when when production is 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 halted uh, is at a reduced capacity and everybody still wants products on time, you really need to have good relationships uh, to be able to turn this around and and, and make things happen and find uh, solid, um, Agreements and solutions to the problems that we are facing. At the end of the day, I also think you know that's what sustainability is all around. You have your small ecosystem, and everybody should gain from it. Otherwise, it it, it doesn't really make sense. You know that's the way we create ball winners. You know we use our um, supply chain as a sort of a, a fellowship, and, and and not as a means of optimizing your own profit. At the end of the day.
0: Mm let's, let's talk about product for a moment. And, you know, obviously all of our lifestyles has changed uh, the the past year and, and perhaps they, they will be very different going forward, no matter, you know, how, how the world will, will open up. Uh, I'm going to start with you, Bruce, from, from a sort of curatorial perspective, you know, you oversee a lot of product. Uh, uh, How has your buying changed? and, And in the term, in terms of finding different types of of, of products uh, for, for your, perhaps your, your, you we can start with your own uh, b shop at at neiman's sure, or i'm sure. sorry
3: bergdorf's yeah sure i mean i think part of what we do as as a fashion director and as buyer is is you know we have to kind of predict um, you know we're so far out from when the market's going to hit when the merchandise is going to hit in the store so you know there's been a obviously a great focus on comfort and relaxed looks and you know people are spending more time at home so that is obvious you know uh you know we kind of shifted a room in our personal furnishings area to be a little bit more lifestyle rather than like you know bedtime you know and you know like the cdlp home suit i think is a great thing we kind of you know integrated that with sportswear pieces to kind of show that um you know, there is a level level of polish you can bring to this uh, kind of for those people that are lucky enough to be working from home. Um, I think, you know, it it takes a lot of trust and kind of foresight to take the temperature of where we are now and where we think we're going to be. Um, We have taken all of the information and, you know, like for product right now, I want to make sure, you know, yes, we have comfort covered and in amazing ways with our vendors, and you know, for our you know very discerning client. But you know, we have to be ready also for when people are going to be, you know, reentering society, uh, which is going to hopefully be sooner than later. We're feeling you know by the end of the year holiday that, um, given the vaccine rollout, that um, we have to be ready for people that are wanting to dress up with a vengeance, that are going to be wanting to go out and connect. You know, as human beings, we are. Connective, you know, we 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 yearn for connection uh, and community. So I think that um, coming out of this year-long kind of dormancy, I feel like there is going to be a, a great um, interest in connecting with people in stores and merchandise and getting dressed up to see your friends, your family. Uh, you know, I also want to acknowledge that the economic devastation has really left a lot of people without jobs. So I don't want to to um, Diminish that importance. We have to acknowledge that you know we're in the luxury market, but there are a lot of people that are suffering. So I, I don't want to call you know say that it's going to be one giant celebration because it has wreaked um, havoc. So um, it, it is going to be obviously with a lot of qualifications.
0: Yeah, I, I appreciate that humbleness, but but I, I I do love dressing up with a vengeance. Mm. I, mean, uh, I, I love that expression. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna keep that one. Uh, I, I, Adam, uh, yeah. you know, I'm just in terms of product, I'm sure Adam and Andreas have a dis- different situation where yeah. you know sort of Andreas has a sort of a, a kind of stay-at-home product already, <laughs> but Adam, I'm I'm curious with with your type of yeah. of, of product. It, it must have been challenging, and has that changed the type of product uh, you, you sell?
2: Mm, not really. Um, it has been challenging. Obviously, our, our kind of products aspire to a certain kind of movement and right. with that movement that stops, then it, it, it affects our category. Um, we have still managed actually to uh, increase sales. Obviously, uh, we see a larger portion of sales going online, but even with our wholesalers uh, over the last year, we haven't seen uh, a decline. We've actually seen a, a small increase uh, in revenue. we have uh, we are constantly adding uh, new wholesalers as well, despite the, the situation, despite the fact that many stores are actually closed. Um, so, but obviously, we see the online shift as well. Um, but. Yes, I mean, what we can do, changing up our communication around our offering, obviously having a bit more focus on uh, home, the home office, and and the small accessories and so on that we that, that we create to support that environment. It's more difficult uh, to talk about uh, travel bags and uh, the next big uh, exploration uh, out in the world because it's not happening, and you don't want to come off totally tone deaf uh, in your communication. And, and, and we've seen, it's not that like we've seen a, a huge plunge in sales when it comes to travel bags, actually. Um, it's, it, it's, it's not the growth that we had anticipated and it's a little less uh, normal, but, but we are still selling travel bags. Uh, people still move around, they go to their summer house, uh, they take small stints, you know, instead of traveling across the world, um, they, they, they still travel locally. That still uh, requires some sort of baggage.
0: I'm happy to hear. Has there been any sort of shift towards a more sort of leisurely bag, like less suit, less like briefcase, more like backpack? I'm just curious.
2: Um, No, actually not. It's not like I can say there's a specific category that has outperformed uh, any other during the time. We might have seen, yeah, but obviously we've put more focus on sort of these smaller uh, office uh, essentials, sort of storage items um, for your desk things um you've mm. seen a little increase there but when it comes to briefcases backpacks uh, travel bags it's more or less the same tote
0: bags interesting to hear so mm. andreas i mean you have a sort of a home wear brand if you will uh and i know you are you know you've started a few years ago you were launching new products sort of uh, continuously has it changed the, 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 the types of product you decided to, to launch? You had sort of the, the home suit with the Sebastian Tellier uh, campaign came out recently.
1: Um, it hasn't changed at all. Um, we are following the plan that we, that we had. I mean, CDLP started with me and Christian needing underwear, uh, and we weren't happy with what was offered in the market. And uh, the kind of essentials that we, that we really appreciate when we traveled: so t-shirts, underwear, uh, socks, and so forth, um, swim. Uh, and then we wanted to, because we spent more time at home. I, I think um, after having traveled for, for, for many years, even though travel is part of our, our, our job, we started evaluating, um, evaluating time at home. So that's when we started, uh, decided to do the home collection. And this, the home collection was actually planned to launch in the spring of last year. Uh, but it kind of felt a little bit opportunistic to you know, the pandemic hit in March and, and, and there was people going to lockdown. And then all of a sudden be like, Hey, here's the home collection with <laughs> Sebastian. It was just it, it just the timing just looked too perfect in a bad way. you <laughs> see what I mean. So we postponed that. We weren't really done with the campaign and we launched it in September instead. Um, but I was part of the plan. And as you say, our products are are the kind of type of products that I think during the pandemic, especially during lockdown, you think a little bit more about, why am I wearing this t-shirt that doesn't make me feel good? Or, you know, I think a lot of people had these kind of calls in their underwear. Um, and we got a lot of feedback on people saying like, I walk around in your long jones the whole, you know, from, from March last year to, to now <laughs> pretty much. So uh, for us, I think, um, you know, as Adam said, that there, there has been upsides with this pandemic uh, for a brand like us where people might, you know, question what is really luxury to them uh am i buying these brands because someone said they were luxury in the 80s or 90s or because they have print ads in all the cool magazines or am i buying them because they keep you know are innovating the the product and i think that has opened up a lot of space for brands like us that are a bit of up and comers. i mean we're turning five this year um, so i think for us it's been you know more and more customers finding Finding, doing research on what brands are actually um, moving the needle in terms of innovation. Um, and then, you know, put a little, little bit more time into the purchase decisions um, during the past year. And again, uh, since many people have walked around in their underwear or T-shirt uh, or might feel that, you know, like, like, like Bruce said, everyone is longing to dress up and if you can't leave home, then maybe you know they buy a homesuit to feel a little bit dressed up than they do in their in, in their underwear so um, it was a, it, 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 it it's a pretty strong category for for the, for the past year i would say or category to be in for the past year and i uh, but then again well, we sh- we're not changing anything i think this year people are going to really you know the, the the all the swims in the sea that people didn't take last year they're going to really do know uh, make sure that they do all of those and then some this year so we're going really deep and and broad in our in our swim collection for instance because i think that is a category that people really i think there's a lot of uh escapism that is that is just waiting to get out um Hmm. as soon as people as soon as society opens up a little bit more and travel and I think we all thought that would be maybe, you know, in the spring or late spring, but maybe now it'd be early, early fall. But I still think people will try to go swim even in September in that case. So, But otherwise, we haven't really changed the strategy, I would say.
0: I think that the, this yearning for escapism is, is really true and we see that in the in the in the editorial platform as well whenever we post like a very, very exotic photo of like the the Norwegian mountains or, or something like that it gets huge engagement on our socials and and on our our website so I, it goes to show that people are yearning to travel. Um, one of the things I'm, I'm you know we talked about relationships before and relationships within the industry and one of the things when I speak to people uh, in the industry um, uh, relating to sort of we can't go to Florence to to Pitti and we can't see each other at these sort of uh, trade fairs and so forth uh, you know I, I guess it's sort of kind of easy to to stay in touch with the with the, with the guys you you know and the people you know in the industry what's what is more difficult is discovery and finding new things Uh, so bruce i'm I'm curious you know this this is i know this is important for you to you know see the the new things and the the new brands that that that, that's going on how do you go about doing that from from a digital perspective Uh, do you have like any methods or or tips or tricks to to find new things
3: well i think it's a great question because i think you know we did speak about relationships and those that we have that are current um you know those are very meaningful exchanges with history and i think the brands that have probably suffered the most are these new brands where you may not have met them i don't think that the digital landscape is a substitute for seeing something in person and so i would say that you know uh, breakout brands it's a h- harder for them um However, the one thing that I would say, given the virtual fashion shows, and this is just simply about logistics, um, you know, when we're going to the shows and trying to get from one side of Paris to the other, and, you know, you want to, sometimes you have to kind of choose your shows. You have to edit because there's just not enough time to get from A to B. And so the ones that you kind of end up having to kind of sacrifice tend to be the smaller unknown brands. But, you know, I, our nature is to be curious. Like what we do requires, you know, passion and curiosity. So that's always a bit heartbreaking when you have to miss something. So in the virtual world, you can see things when you want. I mean, they have uh, the schedules for the day, but where I think it's really benefited are these younger designers that you might not have had the chance to see in person. Uh, You're able to kind of, give them your attention during the day virtually. And and where I also think it's benefited very greatly is is with the schools. You know, uh, Polymoda did an amazing show uh, with 20 graduating students, you know, with uh, 20 uh, locations in and around Florence that kind of broke my heart a little bit because we used to spend so much time there. We haven't been for a year. Um, Central Saint Martins, Westminster, like these schools are having virtual shows uh, SCAD in, in, in Savannah, in the U.S., and, and we're able to see those where we wouldn't be able to see them in person. So it's, it's again, trying to find the opportunity in these limitations. Um, you know, we have been able to bring in new brands, which I've been really excited about, and, you know, we've got them actually, you know, delivering as we speak, which is, is really, really exciting. You know, I'm thrilled to have, you know, Alawalia coming to Bergdorf Goodman. Um, we've got a quite a few others. Post-Imperial is going to be a new one for the B Shop. And those are things that I'd sort of been on my radar and uh, collections were strong. And uh, you kind of have to kind of pull the trigger because the customer does want newness. Um, There is an awareness, obviously, that we've been in a bit of hibernation, but there is going to be a desire for these things that excite and that uh, inspire passion purchases.
0: Let's talk about content for, for a bit. And, you know, many people say that um, th- this recent year has been sort of an, an accelerant to trends that have already been happening uh, and, and and sort of developments we've seen happen in the industry uh, in the years leading up to 2020. Um, Bruce, you, you're a content guy. You come from the world of, of magazines. Uh, and, and I know you oversee also the, the communications uh, for... for the menswear, uh, uh, sort of uh, stories that that are coming out of Burdovs has has it. I mean, what has been the challenges, and has it changed at all during 2020? And I know you probably yeah. haven't gone to Italy to these more lavish photo shoots uh, that perhaps you've done before.
3: Right. No, of course it's changed. I mean, I think you know it's really interesting. right, like, right now, you know, this is the time of year where we have historically um, done our made-to-measure events, um, and it. Specifically, we wanted to really focus on you know it's one store in New York, and obviously I work with Neiman Marcus as well, uh, with stores in 37 markets. Um, but at BG, being in the city, you know, we have a really tight connection with the associates there because we are there, uh, certainly with the customers, and we want to make sure. I think it's the quest for relevance. We have to be aware of what does the customer want right now, and uh, we you know, worked on our made to measure program when we were kind of brainstorming about it and kind of coming up with a different tactic for it. Um, And, you know, tailored clothing is certainly uh, important for many. And we wanted to kind of emphasize how aspects of luxury sportswear in specific and tailoring can benefit this new way of living, this new lifestyle. So we came up with this concept called the new dress code and kind of pointing out, garments and ideas that our customer may not have thought of. You know, I think you get, when you're around the house, you kind of resort to your kind of favorite go-to items and it may not have a lot of uh, novelty or newness. And so, you know, pointing out things like, you know, the proliferation of the jogger pant, but seen and address your context all these deconstructed jackets. Um, Knitwear has been a huge focus as an underpinning, whether it's polos, crewnecks, because they're comfortable, but they also have this kind of aspect of polish. Uh, So we just kind of talked about aspects of that to kind of um, be prescriptive with the customer and and share our information and things that I think will um, impact their lives in a great way and create their favorite kind of new go-to items.
0: That's interesting, Adam. In your content creation around Mismo, uh, you know, obviously you can't go out and travel as much as you've done before. Has has this changed? And have, do you have any, you know, happy memories from from content creation in the past year?
2: I mean, the closing of the country obviously has left uh, some great opportunities actually to use venues and places that normally would be hard to do shootings That. Um, we did a shoot uh, last fall, uh, last fall by the uh, by the Parliament, um, which would have been difficult uh, in sort of a normal uh, circumstances. We we did a couple of shoots uh, in December and in January again at a very lovely hotel, which had been closed down, you know. So it was an uh, opportunity. Um, again, the hotel shoot was also a matter of, I mean, what we try to do, I think everyone is to intensify sort of the communication around um, your brand ethos and the reason for being. Um, And we wanted to sort of establish more firmly the link towards uh, furniture, industrial design, um, maybe rather than fashion, especially in a time like this, to sort of emphasize the fact that our products are Timeless and you know not out of season uh, after one or two seasons. So, doing shoots, you know, still life within you know classic furnitures and um, and, and, and a homeware setting sort of um, um, intensified that that feeling. Um, so that yeah, we've we've had some 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 good content creating uh, and some good opportunities to do it over the last um, six months
0: that's that's interesting andreas you, your co-founder is uh, uh, christian is a, is a director as well so you know, obviously communication has always been hugely important for for cdlp and uh, but i know you haven't been able to travel the way you you've done before i, I think the 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 cdlp shoots has been sort of a, a reiteration of of your buddy travels that you've that you had before you launched the brand so what's that been like for you guys
1: We've always been a very creatively driven brand and the campaigns and Christian's work has, has obviously been uh, a huge factor in positioning the brand. But last year was, was different, of course, for everyone. So um, Christian did, um, he directed two shoots from Stockholm. Uh, one was shot in Barcelona and another one was shot in Mexico and he did that, uh, you know, remotely. Uh, it, it's different for him, uh, who is so used and so hands-on to shoot himself. I mean, actually holding the camera or, or standing next to the guy holding the camera at least uh so it was challenging to say the least he uh he did a home shoot he, d- he did that in paris but uh two remote shoots uh from the summer and then we did our holiday campaign at grand hotel like five minutes from here um tomorrow uh, friday we're doing a swim shoot here in stockholm <laughs> so i mean there's always ways to produce content mm. and i think you know uh it is it, it is new it, there's it, this is these are different times and you just have to adapt to that and i i, I definitely think I mean, going back to, to what Adam said in the beginning, that everything has been a bit, become a bit more purposeful. It has shown that you don't have to go to the other side of the world to do Christmas and giving pain. It shows that you don't have to, you know, fly to 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 New York or to Tokyo to show a collection and so forth. And that goes for for content creation as well. So, you know, we're also looking at the assets that we have. We have, a, I mean, an immense amount of of assets that we haven't used, <laughs> and I think, I mean, great content that we haven't used. And I think this, this idea to always create more and do more and travel more, um, it's, just, it's just been a, 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 very, a, a very important break, I think, for everyone in that sense. So um, we've done a lot of, of, of our creative work from home and, and, and some things shot in our, in our, in our new atelier. So um, yeah, we have adapted, but I think it's gone really well. And I think, you know, will we go back to the way it was, we will most definitely will do shoots in other countries again, but it won't be. Uh, I don't think it will be uh, the natural go-to route mm. anymore.
0: We're we're gonna wrap it up in a minute, but I'm curious to do a little bit of a roundtable session with, with all of you and, and just talk about uh, one key takeaway that you're gonna bring with you from from this year once once it open up. Uh, and also uh, something you really look forward to in terms of uh, perhaps uh, 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 going out and travel and doing something you you really long for doing that that you haven't been able to do the past year. Uh, Bruce, do you want to start putting you on the spot here, perhaps?
3: Yeah, sure. No, it's okay. I mean, I think, I mean, the obvious thing that I'm looking forward to is traveling again. It's something I've missed desperately. Uh, We work in an industry where we're very fortunate to travel quite a bit. I've the one thing that I was resting quite comfortably with, with was the fact that I've never squandered an opportunity when I was traveling. You know, I've always wanted to see whatever I could when I was going places. So I was very comfortable with what I saw in 2019 and uh, happy that I had those opportunities to see things. So I think travel for me is going to be the most, uh, the thing I'm looking most forward to returning to. Um, As far as, like, valuing, I think it's, I I think the idea of being thoughtful about so many aspects of our lives, like, I mean, I think, um, you know, appreciating every opportunity, appreciating our friendships, valuing the time we have together, I think that's going to be a really, really big thing that we don't take for granted those moments we have with our friends, with our family, and I think to really uh, put focus on that and, and really appreciate this because i think it's very easy for us to get it wrapped up in our lives and our businesses because it, you know, it's a very hectic world and i think we were forced to kind of re-examine uh the importance of personal relationships in our lives
0: good adam you want to go next
2: no i totally agree what bruce is saying there um this is on a personal level obviously it's given you the opportunity to spend more time with your family with your kids uh having uh, done homeschool for almost a year with two kids uh, you get to uh, know them in a different way and their challenges which has been rewarding in many ways uh, they are also very much ready to go back to school again now uh, which we also are um, we i think that i miss obviously you know you 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 miss the excitement you miss uh, being able to 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 you know break the bubble a little bit you you you, you the poetry the um, the inspiration, um, going to a concert, going to uh, the theater, um, going to the stadium, and watching a soccer game, uh, all these things, you know, I, I miss dearly. You know, the, the, the feeling of actually, you know, when you are together with a lot of people uh, sharing sort of the same uh, passion for something, that energy, you know, that lifts you up, you know, that's, I haven't felt that for one and a half years. So I, I miss that dearly. Um, I've had, you know, a live album by War and Rocks on rotation for six months because it gives you sort of that small, you know, feeling of being there at a concert, uh, which I miss a lot. And in terms of our business, yes, and we have a really touched point uh, on this, but obviously digitally there's been a transformation and there's, there's been an eye opener to a lot of things that we have to improve going forward to sort of intensify our message and our communication and make it you know make the the digital journey even better for our customers so we avoid um you know pointing them on their shoulders every time you know it's a huge dilemma for us this you know we have to be digital and we have to be there and we have to you know make sure that the customers has so and so many touch points with us but how to do this whole digital journey in a respectful way you know with the right communication where you offer it as a service more than you know just trying to make them buy more you know that whole aspect of is super interesting and something to be obviously going to work a lot more with going forward.
0: Doing online respectfully, I I, I like that. Uh, uh, and Andreas, uh, a few ta- key takeaways from from this year and something you look forward to doing.
1: I mean, my key takeaway is it's that it's you can build businesses in various ways. And for me and Christian, the first three years of CGLP was pretty much being on tour. I mean, Stockholm is a Sweden is a great market to launch in, but Sweden is a very limited market. Uh, so you have to. If you want to build a global brand um, base here, you need to you need to go or at least we felt we and I think also in the beginning, we had to go and build relationships and and, and do this, you know, traveling thing. Um, But then we couldn't travel. And I, you know, I I agree with Bruce, I I long for traveling again. But I think when I travel again, I will appreciate much more than I did because I kind of felt I had to do it because this was the way we built the brand. but it takes a toll on you because, I mean, be, being a high-growth startup, is it's, it's tough. I mean, the year 17, 18 was really, really tough uh, in terms of lifestyle and, and in terms of health. So last year, I mean, slowing down, we built the organization from 8 to 28 people by being here and being focused. So we kind of, you know, slow – I mean, I wouldn't say we slow down because we're growing, but it was a different cadence. And I think you can build businesses without – just rushing and traveling because that's the that's that's the recipe at least if you're from a small country um so learning that we could build it from here and do it you know step by step very methodically and and taking care of ourselves i think last year probably gave us 10 years uh extra in lifespan because we got this really well-needed break from running between airports so i so You know, just getting on a train last year, I went to the south of Sweden. I felt like I was going to Mars. It was such an adventure, you know, whereas all these other trips, you know, I love going to New York. But if it's if it's it's like you feel that you have to do to build a business, it it, it takes away some of the some of the fun. And I think the most important thing when you build something or when you work is just that you maintain that that fun angle. So uh, that is the key takeaway. And uh, and and. like, like most people I, I i look forward to meeting people under different circumstances and just yes, being able to you know share energy with people and giving people a hug without thinking about you know i have antibodies do they you know all these different things so yes being able to 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 give and take energy from people and and that whole social thing i think obviously everyone is longing for that and i think like bruce said i think people will you know, it will it would fee it would be so much. I mean, you you have you took that for granted for some time, and I think you know you would really value each relationship. Um, I mean, each social interaction that you have when, once it gets back to normal.
2: It's gonna be some big hugs once all this is over. <laughs> a lot of hugs.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: I, I'm certainly never gonna complain about getting on a plane to uh, anywhere uh, after this. Please, uh, no. I hope. Uh guys thank you so much for for sharing your insights and uh for for being so honest and and generous with your time. Uh I think this is going to be highly valuable to to anyone listening and uh, good luck with all your endeavors and look forward to seeing you guys physically again uh so much.
2: And hugging.
1: Much Conrad. Thanks so a lot. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks guys.
0: You've been listening to the Scandinavian Mind podcast with me, Conrad Olson. This show was edited by Erik Sedin. If you liked what you heard, follow us on your preferred podcast app like Spotify or Apple Podcasts. To get the latest news, insights and invites to upcoming events, sign up to our newsletter. Just go to ScandinavianMind.com to become part of our movement.